Hello and welcome to Charging Status, the EV-focused podcast brought to you from the interface. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Starling. How are we doing, Jim? Good, Alex. How are you? I'm not too bad. Um, yeah, pretty good. I've had a, um, quite a busy week so far, but yeah, it's uh, all good. How are things with you? Yeah, equally busy. Um, I'm off to Geneva on Sunday oh, yeah. and I'm sort of trying to get ahead of myself a bit and I've had so <laughs> much stuff to film and the weather's and it's been outdoor stuff, which... You know, I don't uh, always do lots of outdoor stuff and the weather's been no. atrocious. So today um, I'm doing this and I'm trying to film three other videos, um, which is interesting when I I hear about all these YouTubers leaving YouTube because, you know, they find one video a week far too difficult to put out. And, um, you know, I've got, to, I've got to do three in a day and I'm, well, four if you include this, and I'm filming them, editing them, um, trying to think of things to say and looking at yeah, them all at the yeah. same time it's it's difficult yeah you sort of um uh, enthusiasm sort of drops a little bit sometimes um mm. I've, I've noticed when i've tried to film a lot in one day it just yeah i'm not not sure how 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 some people get it get it get so much filmed in one day especially if you're trying to film on a time constraint it's just mm. i don't know it's crazy um yeah yeah, I got a car. Uh, I had a Honda HRV the other, the other week. I managed to get stuck on my field, so it was nice. Oh no, that's that's not <laughs> I, ideal. No, I pull into a bit of grass to film, and then the, suddenly I was like, oh, "I'm not moving." And then did you stuck, have to so. pull it out of the tractor or something? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it got, it got yeah. out in the end, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> got it Funnily enough, mode. I've I've got the CRV this week, which is one of the videos I'm filming today. Oh yeah, it's the CRV review. So very nice. Yeah, lovely stuff. Uh, um, just some so, little follow-ups. On Sunday, we did a, a definitely not a guru channel meetup. There's about um, three of us there, I think. I think you said there was going to be more people, but three hundred. Um, three hundred, yeah. Well, you you arrived just after the um, Swedish beach volleyball team, the female Swedish beach volleyball team had left. Oh, they were interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had to do all sorts of autographs, and luckily, you know, I had some personal protection there, or. Um, I think they would have mauled me to death, but yeah. And then a few blokes turned up. So no, it was really good fun though, actually, wasn't it? I think it was better for the, probably better for the fact that a lot of people that were supposed to be coming didn't turn up. Um, because you know, everyone can just yeah, join nice. in the same conversation rather than having lots of little conversations going on all over the place. Yeah, it's quite nice. And then I, um, as I was down that neck of the woods I sort of had a drive by the the new calf machine they've got opening at some point this spring looks mm-hmm. quite good actually it's quite a nice very quiet location um next to a petrol station but the whole is similar to the Stratford one it's very in the middle of nowhere nice and quiet um i think they'll do well with that one when it opens at some point in spring so it'd be quite nice have they got plenty of parking it looks pretty big to be honest yeah good. um even the one near milton Keynes has got loads and loads of parking um yeah. so it's good that they're focusing on that because um yeah it's important obviously because i just get people turned away otherwise so yeah it's quite a good way to sort of repurpose these old pubs isn't it that it's fantastic you know, yeah 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 um because there's so many just near me that are closed it's just well they just don't exist anymore and if gaff machine have got the the budget or whatever they're doing behind the scenes to finance all this it must be quite expensive but just repurposing mm. these old pubs that keeping the same names and well using the name similarly it's quite nice so yeah, good way to get yeah. the motoring community back into it. So, did you go on anywhere else after that? There's like um, 
No, not really. No. <laughs> oh, okay. No, we went, went to get some lunch and then went home. So it's about yeah. two and a half hours. So not too bad. Yeah, it's a, a fair stretch, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you did an episode by yourself um, mm-hmm. with I can't remember the guy's name actually, but it was Teltonica. Um, it was quite nice. Yeah, quite a nice episode. Yeah, that was quite an interesting one. So they sort of got in touch and um, sort of had the opportunity to do something. And I thought actually it sits um, more nicely as a podcast than it does probably just a video, a normal video on my channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that as a podcast. Obviously, the video of that I put on my channel. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's quite an interesting conversation and really good to sort of meet someone sort of behind the scenes from these one of these companies because at the end of the day, a wall box is a fairly um, kind of nondescript thing that people, mm. some people will actually take some time and choose their wall box. Some people just sort of have installed whatever is suggested to them and they don't think past it. And I must admit, once the thing's actually on your wall, how much time you spend doing anything with it, um, or, or thinking about it to, to any degree, um, it's fairly remote. In certainly in my experience, so to actually hear about sort of the manufacturing process, some of the challenges, what's going on in other parts of Europe and stuff, yeah, I thought it was a good chat. Yeah, it was a good episode. I might, we might try and do some more of those. Mm. I've got some people that um, potential episodes that we might just use them as charging status, like one-off episodes. I think it'd be quite good. Sort of yeah. like an EV hub of information would be quite nice, I think. Um, it, it would be much easier, by the way, to get um, more content onto the channel, uh, onto the channel, onto the podcast. Um, if you lovely people go and leave us a review, wherever it may be, mm. we desperately need your reviews um, because we are trying to grow this podcast. And at the moment, it's really tricky because the various algorithms on all the different podcast platforms and YouTube and everything else don't really kick in unless you get engagement from the audience. So please, if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube right now, please follow, subscribe, leave likes, feedback, star ratings, whatever it is on that particular platform. We massively appreciate it. We want to make this podcast as good as we can. And we just need that little bit back from you guys. 100%. Yeah. Um, and just a little bit of housekeeping. The so, me and you started. Me and you took over the. Well, I, I did the podcast with James beforehand. I think it was April last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't any way of putting the back catalogue on YouTube and just some like podcasty bits. You can now submit a podcast feed to YouTube, and then YouTube will actually backdate those episodes. So what I've gone and done the other day is I've backdated those episodes. Not that they'll be relevant, but it's just a because um, <laughs> it's all old news now. But it's just a bit of housekeeping for my my perspective but if you want to check those out they're on they are on youtube now which is quite nice great um just going to look at what we've been driving so uh, this feels like it was like last year now but it was only a few weeks ago um i had a i5 m60 the bmw i5 m60 big saloon car massive thing it's like five meters long or something stupid um mm. had that for about three days that was absolutely incredible um yeah i love that car um really really good i was the the bit i was particularly impressed with, with i don't know if i told you this but the charging on it um mm-hmm. wait on to drop to drop it back drop it back off at the headquarters down in farnborough pulled in at reddit's reading services had eight percent battery uh used mm-hmm. the tesla charger the v4s uh yep. plugged it in went for a wee came back 11 minutes later the car had gone from eight percent to having i think like six miles of range to something stupid but up to 140 miles of range in 11 wow. minutes it's, yeah, that's it, incredible. I, 
it's just amazing. And then the if you've got a BMW or Mini, I think they all work the same way. The detail on the app for the car is just like so in depth about the charging curve of the car, how mm-hmm. what time you plugged it in, where you plugged it in, what charger and stuff. So the charging curve was at two hundred and five kilowatts basically the entire time, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't have to wait for it. So I just came back. So, oh, it's actually ready to go now, and then unplugged it. That's the example of how it should all work. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, I I did um, York with the family in the Tesla the other week, and I pulled in at where was it? Um, it was just off the motorway at Mansfield and it was like a mm. designer outlet place. And again, we were down quite low, um, bearing in mind we had to get back to Bournemouth area. Yeah. Um, it's something like early 20s of range left. And I plugged it in, V4 charger, mm-hmm. plugged it in there. And the app sent me a warning after 20 minutes to say I was almost at 100%. So I need to probably get back to the car because... Yeah, yeah. Um, I might get sort of overstayed charges otherwise. Yeah. And um, pulled in. There were only two free when we pulled in, mm-hmm. but there were two free. Yeah. And um, someone else was literally driving in as I went to get mine. So I just said, knocked on the window and said, I'm now moving. So, um, you know, pull in here. And yeah, it was 22 minutes um, to go from, I don't know, early 20% to 100%. You know, yeah. Not even up to 80, but it, it, because it's not one of those super busy sites, it actually lets you go to 100. Obviously, yep. my car's LFP, so you go to 100. Um, so, yeah, and, and you just think, if only it was all, all this simple. And if know, people yeah. actually understood this, we'd stop hearing quite so much of the nonsense. By the way, I had that car since the 1st of September or 3rd of September, and it's the fourth time I've used a public charger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, te- mm. the Tesla ones are so, like, they're... If you've got the membership thing, if you've got a Tesla as well, I think it's even cheaper. Yep. But it's just so much cheaper than anyone else. The, I took a photo and put it on on Twitter as well. But the this one had grid. It's the one where they've got the grid serve opposite the Tesla ones. No one yep. was using the grid serve ones. There was just people on the Tesla ones, which mm-hmm. is just it's. They'll just. I think they'll realize eventually that that those yeah. particular sites, the Tesla ones, are yeah. cheaper. So, I mean, I I paid thirty five p on that charge. Yeah, it's crazy, I mean, isn't it? It's thirty yeah. p at home during the day. Yeah. Yeah, what I think what people would see is like you would you might say oh it's twenty minutes, but I would imagine that twenty minutes goes very quickly when you've got kids in a service station. I'd imagine um, it, it was actually like annoyingly quick. I yeah, said, because we were going to stop at this outlet place for probably an hour, mm. and we got sort of a third of the way round, and I had to sort of bugger off back to the car. Yeah, and then and then go and find everyone again. <laughs> um, but and, and yeah, the, I, I guess if you went into a service station and you were going in to get food or something, you know, it might actually be annoying that it's charged that quickly, which is first world problem, I guess. And we should all be quite happy to have that problem. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Just get back to the BMW. Yeah. I, the, I did a lot of quite a few miles in three days on that and just the effortlessness of it. Um, mm. It's performance, the, like the charging speed, the range on it was really good as well. So yeah. Uh, I wouldn't particularly choose the M61. I'd rather have the mm-hmm. E-Drive 40 because the range is a bit better. You don't really need 600 horsepower every day, do you? So No, not really. No, no but especially. Lovely thing. Um, I've never used the iDrive system before, but that works like the Genesis. Just got the, mm-hmm. the, the wheel to navigate CarPlay, which is a lot safer than using a touchscreen. So, yeah, very and, impressed. And, um, I think BMW interiors at the moment, I mean, say what you will about their exteriors, but BMW interiors at the moment, I think are as good as it gets on a 
sort of oh, it's main, it was mainstream car. Yeah, they're it was amazing. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it smelt amazing as well. So mm. very nice. Nice. It's good. Yeah, there's a video live now on the channel. Uh, there's a link in the description as well. Um, and then just quickly, I had a brief half an hour in a Tesla Model Three Highland, like the new refreshed mm -hmm. Model Three. Went to the Tesla dealership near me. Very, very sort of. You go into. I've done test drives before. Um, quite quite often before I had press cars and stuff. But it's just a very. You sort of have to sort of grin your teeth and sort of pretend that you're interested in buying the car. Whereas Tesla to say, yeah, just take the keys. Off you go. What did you think? Great. Let we'll let you know. Sort of thing. Um, that's a great car. Really, really go-karty feel to it. Um, mm -hmm. My brain got used to the indicator buttons within like 10 minutes. It was like, okay, oh, yeah. it's actually that's, fine. That's good to know. I've, I've got one for a week, actually, in, mm. I don't know, maybe maybe start of April. Okay. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I think the Model 3 is still, like, by far and away, the most efficient EV, is it not? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, so, I mean, it's got really, even the standard range one's got really impressive range. Mm. And when you think about it, it's got one of the smaller batteries for a car in its sort of class. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're always sort of madly efficient. So, mm. um, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I must admit, if, if that had been around when I got my Model Y, I may well have just ordered the Model 3. Okay. Even um, with so, the the kids, do you think? Yeah, because it's not it's not that much smaller, and mm -hmm. the main thing for us is having loads and loads of boot space. And although you've got sort of more of a saloon boot than a hatchback boot on the Model Three, it's still mm -hmm. got tons of space. And I mean, j just the the front itself is yeah, pretty yeah. capacious. You know, you could get I think you could probably get like a carry on mm. um, suitcase in there. Carry on yeah. suitcase sounds like the worst seventies comedy film ever. By the way, <laughs> I remember those films. Well, sorry, I'm showing my. Yeah. I remember them well. Yeah, as a as a young man, <laughs> quite funny. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was really good. The only thing I noticed was there was not much space in between the driver's seat and the door. Um, I was trying to oh, use really? the controls. It was a little bit cramped down there, but other than that, it was really good. So mm. I was quite impressed with that. I can see why it's so popular. Definitely. Yep. Um, I saw the car when you. We did that meetup on Sunday, mm -hmm. but you've had, you've been driving something interesting as well. Yeah, so I've had the MG4 X Power, which is the ridiculously powerful one, uh, 0 to 62 in 3.8 seconds. And as a performance car, I mean, the performance is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, the the video is already live on my channel for that. And some of the comments in it are quite interesting. So that's worth oh, yeah. a look. One guy was absolutely furious that I didn't mention the fact that it's got some crazy rattle or something when you get over 60 miles an hour, because okay. he says that absolutely every owner reports it and absolutely every review says about it. And I sort of said to him, I did a few hundred miles in this car and it, it didn't happen. So I'm not going to yeah. tell you it did. Um, and then he came back with, well, it's a press car, <laughs> um, but furious. Uh, the general consensus seemed to be the same one that I had, which is I probably wouldn't buy it. I'd probably mm. go for um I'd probably go for the extended range version which came out at the same time it's the same price yeah. the extended range version is rear wheel drive as opposed to all wheel drive and I actually really like the MG4 as a rear wheel drive car it's quite a short wheelbase rear wheel drive plenty of power and it's it's a good fun thing to drive um there are certainly areas where they could have spent their money a bit better like the software is very buggy. 
Um, I couldn't connect my iPhone 14 to Bluetooth and it didn't work with CarPlay. When it did work with CarPlay, I had no sound. Um, I've since learned that fairly regular resets are required of, of that system. Um, and certainly like the interior, that press car I had, and yes, it is a press car, and yes, they do get hard life, particularly the ones that go like stink. Um, but the interior had quite a lot of marks and it had 6,000 miles on it. And yeah, yeah, I sort of feel like if they'd have spent another 2,000, if, if they'd put that car out 2,000 pounds more expensive and spent a bit more on the interior, mm. um, and maybe if they worked out some of those software issues, then it would be a car that would be really difficult to turn down. Um, as it is, you know, it's a, a niche car that's going to, I mean, the performance is incredible and the oh, performance yeah. for the price, you know, you are looking well in the regions of 50 grand to get anything close to it in terms of performance. Um, but yeah, a little bit of a mixed bag, shall we say. Very, very impressive what they've done at the price. Um, but yeah, a, a little bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, I. so I had MG4 last year that had two instances of the whole system crashing. Mm. Um, completely. I think once I was driving it, um, and then all the all the screens went black. I had to pull over and sort of reset it all. And then by the MG, I had the MG5. Every time I public charged it, the software, the screen would go up. The screen would go black. You could click it and make the noises. You had to press the home button down and reset it and stuff. Mm. But just for that, those software issues to bring bring themselves up in one week, it's a bit odd. Um, mm. I just wonder how what it's like to live with. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah, it's a shame as well when the car's been around for a while and that hasn't been dealt with. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's hardware rather than software. Who knows? Which is weird because I, I've no idea. I don't know. You, you think of the some of the Chinese manufacturers being quite techni technically advanced mm. in terms of what they're doing. Um, and some of the other cars we've we've tested that from from Chinese brands, they seem to, they seem to be really good. Um, some of the Aura Cats, the software on that's quite good, I think. So... Um, yeah, it's. I think. Um, hopefully, I think out. we have to remember that it's a car that will sort of see off many a Ferrari at the lights. Yeah, and that's obviously where they've they've put the money. But yep. yeah, just a couple of thousand quid more. I don't think would have lost them any sales. Probably no. would have gained them some. Yeah, definitely. Um, I enjoyed that video actually. I think you. I think don't know if you're using your new Pocket Three. I, I noticed that you had a. A tracking shot sort of set up as you drove. I did use. Yeah. I did use the Pocket Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually changed quite a few settings on it now because that, that's the only thing I'm going to take to Geneva with me. Mm. Um, and I'm just going to literally do run and gun, gorilla style, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and that'll be that. Um, so I've I've watched loads of YouTube videos and tried to sort out the settings because um, it's complicated. It's yeah, it's really sharp as well. So mm. I've, I've sort of dialed that down a bit and um made the gimbal sort of track a bit slower yep so hopefully I'll, I'll be using it again today on the crv review so we'll see if it looks better or worse yeah my pocket two is about i uh, started using it in june it's had it's filthy um i use it for tracking shots so it gets all the road grime on it so i'm not sure yep. how long it'll last but <laughs> at the moment it's fine yeah so time to get into some ev news the first one is arrival um sort of like a bus company uh they've they've gone into liquidation they've gone into administration so um 
they they're not too far. Off. Every time I drive to Milton Keynes, I see their big building. Yeah, you drive past, don't yeah. you, on the M4? Yeah, yeah. Um, not the M4. M40. Yeah. M40. Yeah, M40. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so this was on the seventh of February, so earlier this month. Um, they've burned through one point five billion pounds of investment, which mm. is just just incredible. Uh, they've never delivered a customer vehicle um, or a, a vehicle to a customer, and yeah, they've they've gone under essentially. So it's it's a shame because we need more manufacturers that are going to make stuff here. And mm. yeah, it's just. Yeah. I mean, they they look amazing as well. I mean, they're they're delivery vans rather than buses, but um, and I I was sure they had an order for like a hundred thousand units from I don't know whether it was like Amazon or UPS or something like that. Mm. Um, but I guess they were unable to deliver. They had a really crazy high tech factory as well. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind betting someone buys it because yep. all the R and D they've done and the development in that facility has got to be worth something. And at the end of the day, if someone can buy it for pennies on the dollar, I'm I'm sure they will. Um, so let's hope that sort of sees a second life because as you say we need people to make things here yep. desperately yeah <laughs> yeah it'd be a bit odd if um amazon were ordering because they've they've got shares in rivian which will um they've got their own sort of delivery van in america not not sure yeah. what the plan is with that but i know rivian are, la- rivian are launching a new truck here at some point they've, they've confirmed that we'll get to that in the episode um but there's yeah i'm not sure um what the plan is for that but hopefully someone like that buys them I've just looked. It was um, yeah. It was UPS actually. Oh, okay. UPS delivered ten. Uh, UPS invested in arrival <clears throat> and orders ten thousand electric vehicles. Oh wow! But obviously, there aren't any on the road yet. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, just some little details. They launched back in 2016, so it's a little while ago now. And then there's 170 jobs at risk. Obviously, that the news broke a few weeks ago, so there might be some more information about that now. But it's yeah, not sure what's going to happen with that, but. I don't think there's any other companies that are making that sort of stuff here. Like similar sort of commercial vehicles that electric doesn't really exist. But I'm not sure what their problem was. It's not, not obviously not lack of demand, but it's just maybe something else went mm. wrong. Some so. Someone's coming back to the UK with an electric van. Might be the new Vauxhall something. Or... Oh, that's it, yeah. They're going to be making yeah. the Vivaro, I think it's the transit size one, the Vivaro E and Luton. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm so not I think, as stupid as I look. No, not this time. <laughs> so I think I think Vauxhall announced they're going to close the Luton factory or something. Um, yeah. But now they're going to bring it back, which is really good for jobs and things. So mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, there's this piece by Autocar, um, just regarding the mixed messaging around EVs. There was something earlier this month or January that the House of Lords, I think that's... I think it is the House of Lords that were complaining that, or they sent out a report saying there's too much mixed messages from the government regarding the transition to EVs. Um, mm-hmm. They cited the sort of the toing and froing about the 2035, 2030 deadline thing, saying it's not putting much confidence in buyers um, and different things like that. It's just it's interesting to see parts of the government complaining about other parts of government <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean without getting too political i think house yeah, of yeah. lords is just full of old cronies that sit in sort of 
bleat like sheep and moan about things. Um, I personally think the whole political system is on its rectum um, from top to bottom. And I think when the two, when it's party politics, you have two parties basically that control more or less everything. And by their very nature, they're unable to agree, agree on anything. Mm-hmm. So you're never going to get decisions made on common sense or balance. You're going to get decisions made on um, two people or two parties arguing like school children mm. and one wins. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then Mike Hawes, the guy who runs a, a SMMT essentially said, um, consumers are just sick on the hands and it sends the wrong message essentially. Um, mm. Not sure what to do with, I guess most people are not too not too sure what to do with it, but we shall see what happens. It's all up in the air at the moment. So there's still so much anti-EV stuff in the mainstream press as well, and yeah. sometimes sometimes you get the opposite as well. Sometimes you get pro-EV stuff that's so pro-EV there's no kind of balance or consideration for anyone that's not ready to make the jump, um, and that turns people off. Um, just just as much sometimes as the the real anti-EV nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, you know, I I had my best ever month on YouTube last month. I had 500,000 views on YouTube. Wow. And I would say 10% of the comments I had on my EV content were about fires. <laughs> Is that you down know? or up? Um, I always think the the more successful you get on YouTube, the more stupidity you get in the comments and the more, I mean... As you know, I've got alopecia. Um, I, in the last month, I had a comment saying, I hope your cancer treatment fails. Um, so, you know, and, and but when you get those kind of comments, um, it tells you that you're doing OK. Mm-hmm. Because the more the, the more eyes you get in front of, the more nonsensical the, the comments become. So yep. um, when three people watch the channel, they were all nice, reasonable people. <laughs> uh, so I would say, like in percentage terms, it's probably up, but not to read too much into that because yeah, yeah. growth equals idiots. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah. Okay. Um, some more information about vehicle to grid. So Octopus, I haven't, I'm not too sure, I haven't read too much about this yet, but it's called the Octopus Power Pack. So it's the UK's first vehicle-to-grid tariff, and it's yeah, essentially, it's a way of selling. If I get this right, it's a way of selling energy back to the back to the grid. Is that from your car? So, Alex, I'll save you a lot of reading because yeah. I released a video on this last night, which I would encourage you to watch and leave a thumbs up and a comment and share and subscribe and all that other cliche stuff. Yeah, um, yeah ba- basically, you keep your car plugged in for you have to do at least 170 hours a month, so. I don't know, say six, seven hours a day. Okay. And during peak times, the grid will take from your car. And during the low demand times, it will put the charge back into the car. Uh, And the idea is it saves them having to build lots of battery storage facilities for renewable energy. Hmm. So all these cars being plugged in become the battery storage facilities. you can set a limit to your car so you can say i never want it to be below 50 percent, for example so that 
if in the middle of the day you suddenly sever a finger or something you need to dash to the hospital um with your finger in a bag of frozen peas i would suggest uh, you can still do it you, you're not going to go out and find your cars on one percent um however there's quite a big caveat with this at the moment um, right. i think it's i think it's a great idea oh by the way octopus then give you all your ev charging for free if you do Ooh. this what um, on octopus Electroverse? no oh home. okay oh, yeah home. your home okay. charging yeah so um so the caveat is you have to have this one specific wall box which is like a quasar quasar v2 v to g or something okay. which which costs i think five grand um and bearing in mind my home charging for the year well i think they say on the website if you do ten thousand miles a year and you're on intelligent go it's going to cost you 170 quid um so it's not a huge saving to you and you have to have a chadamo car so it only works at the moment with the leaf the env oh. 200 van and the outlander phev okay so but it's proof of concept yes and of that's course, yeah. That's what you have to look at it as it is proof of concept. And Octopus have sort of stood out and said, they can say now that we were the first ones to come to market in the UK with vehicle to grid, yep. with a tariff for vehicle to grid. So I think it's fantastic. Obviously, it's very early days. And mm -hmm. I really want to see how much that's going to affect all the different types of batteries uh, in terms of longevity. Um, not because of the speed that is putting the power in and out of the car with but i think that just the battery cycles obviously mm -hmm. each battery's got a, a lifespan based on the battery cycles and if it's doing that all day every day mm. uh, that that could i would have thought um cause some issues but i'm sure there'll be studies about that and um everyone will be able to make an informed decision at some point but at least it's sort of a positive step um and shows that Octopus definitely seem to be at the forefront with anything sort of EV charging based. Yeah, um, yeah. Ages like there was loads of, loads of stuff online ages ago about this sort of thing, and you always think like, how how are they going to do it? What what's the, all the the bits and pieces to the puzzle to make that work? And it's, this is obviously mm. one of them. It'd be just interesting to see how this plays out. If you know what I mean, mm. like something the first thing has come to market already. So. Um, yeah. I don't think your car supports vehicles to grid, does it? I don't think Teslas do. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think you can no. load the, take battery out of it. So, yeah. To be honest, I wouldn't do it anyway at the moment mm. for to save twenty quid a month. Not yeah. not even that probably, but I would guess the worst month I'd probably spend twenty quid charging my car at home, and I'd rather just have the freedom to plug it in sort of whenever. Yep. And the fact that I could potentially be damaging the battery at the same time or not damaging but reducing its life. Yeah. Just not worth it. Even if I could do it with my car, with my wall box, without any effort, I I just don't think I would right now. But No, that's fair enough. Yeah, but it's early days. Yeah, it's interesting. It's obviously you could go the route of getting a power wall and doing yeah. all that stuff. Um, but obviously that's the connect quite expensive, like six six grand or something. And obviously, yeah, no one, yeah. not not many people have got that sort of disposable income to spend on a battery. So if you can use the existing one, that's quite a good mm. idea. So mm. definitely, I think if you're in your forever house and you're going to invest in solar, then battery mm. storage and stuff, then 
um, heat pumps and all that kind of stuff starts to become perhaps more of a, a consideration. But for a lot of people, it's just priced out at the moment. Yeah, 100%. Um, so as we mentioned at the top of the show, you've, you're going to Geneva on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. So we got a little preview of, we did a blog post about what we could see at the Geneva Motor Show. So you're going to be the man on the ground sort of filming and stuff. So is there any interesting EVs that are going to be on, on show at the Geneva Motor Show this year? Yeah, if I think of it, I'll try and record a bit for the podcast as well. Um, but you know what I'm like, I, I'm old. So I have a sh- very short-term memory. Uh, BYDC or U um, is going to be there, evidently, uh, we're going, which is the the hybrid SUV um, from BYD. I think it's going to be their first hybrid vehicle. I don't know if there's a fully electric version as well, but okay. um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, the Yang Wang U8, the unfortunately uh, named Yang Wang, which surely they've got to come up with a new brand name for certainly for the UK and the US. Mm. Um, you can't be driving around in the US in a wang. Uh, you know, <laughs> it just doesn't translate well. So that's going to be there. That's the £110,000 sort of G-Wagon Defender kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Spring's going to be there. Obviously, the cat's out of the bag with that one, but it's going. To, the, the official launch is going to be at Geneva. Um, looks quite interesting. I've watched a couple of the videos on that. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, looks quite interesting. I think it's, I personally think it's still too expensive for the fact that, considering the fact that it's quite, um, quite a compromise in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, but certainly, a, a positive sign that manufacturers are actually bringing out much cheaper EVs. Um, and then the Lucid Gravity is going to be there, which obviously that's this can be the European launch. I think okay. I was at the the other I was at the the launch for it in LA, so I'll probably give that one a swerve to be honest. And then the MG3 is the other one. Yeah, um, really interested to see that actually, and they're showing off a new interior in it, which um, won't be a bad thing to see in an MG. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. That. Uh, Yang Wang. I saw a video of that on Twitter this morning. It was. It did like a very, very steep climb up some like off-road track or something. It looked quite impressive mm-hmm. of its abilities. It looks looks quite good actually. I think, in my opinion, but the, the name's weird. <laughs> yeah. So and 110 grand for it's really tough, isn't it? When you come to market with a completely new brand and you're charging over 100 grand for it, unless it's yeah. Pagani or something. It doesn't really work otherwise, does it? So, hmm. yeah, that should be quite interesting. So, stay tuned to the Not a Guru channel, and obviously there'll be some content coming soon. So, sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on the subject of new brands. I saw this the other day, which is really interesting. So, there's two brands. They're going to be in, they're imported by one company, but we've got Ceres and mm-hmm. Skywell are launching in the UK later this year. Um, both of them Chinese brands, but the Ceres three. Um, is going to be the cheapest electric SUV on the market in the UK when it launches in May. So it's going to be twenty nine 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 five. Uh, I think it's five hundred pounds cheaper than the MG HS or something along those lines. <laughs> so it's not much cheaper, but it's a little bit cheaper. But there's it's interesting. We got some more brands coming, uh, which is really really good to see. Um, yeah, and then Omada mm. is the other one, and JQ as well, which is okay. I missed um, that one. Yeah, that's also Omada basically. Okay. Um, 
I had a really funny experience actually. I they invited me to um, sort of a webinar, and it was coming from China and literally in a TV studio or something, <laughs> doing a presentation on the cars and what the brand's all about and yep. all that kind of stuff. And there was only me on it at first, oh, and they literally just chatted with me. But it's like I'm talking to. I don't know, CBS News or something. It's, you know, this incredible production level all in the studio. Someone yeah. else did join after a little while, but they'd been doing lots of these things, but I was expecting kind of a hundred people on it and it was, it was me. It was brilliant actually. And they presented it extremely well. <clears throat> Both look quite interesting. I think JQ is going to be the more premium of the two brands. Okay. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. And I don't know, pe people sort of, poo-poo a lot of these Chinese brands and things but I'm just always interested to see new things wherever they come yeah, from. Yeah, 100% me too I like the look of the interior of the Ceres so there's a link yeah. in the show notes looks quite cool actually um, Yeah, it so does. I, yeah, I, I, um, I reached out to their PR team so hopefully we'll get on a launch of that um, at some mm -hmm. point but there's some interesting stuff in that so really good Um. Next one is the ID7 Estate. I think it's called the ID7 Tora officially. Um, mm -hmm. So the ID7 was announced, was sort of publicly launched in the UK a few weeks ago, um, but they've announced the Estate version, which is fantastic because it's it's what we need. Estate cars are great, aren't they? So yeah. um, this one has got some amazing specs. It goes head to head with the i5 Touring, but obviously a lot cheaper. Um, massive boot. But it, the headlining feature is the 86 kilowatt hour battery pack and 426 miles of range, and then charging up to 200 kilowatts. So some really really strong numbers in there, um, mm. in terms of the, the battery specs and its range. So that's fantastic. Um, no prices yet, but most of the industry is sort of debating about 50 to 55k. Um, so mm. that's a lot cheaper than the i5. So that's really good. Yeah, it looks great actually. Um, mm. I, but unfortunately, I think it still lacks a volume knob um, it does yeah which is unforgivable yeah not a fan of but, not but, a fan of the interior of it because a little bit a little bit too minimalist but yeah i mean really good the the new ceo of vw made a big thing about how they're going to give people what they want again in terms of interior yeah and i thought it would happen on this and it hasn't I think the um, problem is with that. I think aren't cars like on a really, really long cycle? Yeah. So I think, I think, I think we discussed it a few episodes ago. I think they just they rather than retool the entire car, they just have to get out what they've got. Otherwise, it's like a massive waste of money. I think. And then yeah, I get it, but try I it. mean, but yeah, it seems a bit odd, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I had the, I had to say it at Tekka the other week, and I mean that's the steering wheel on that is what's been on VW cars for you know years. It's just slight evolution but it was brilliant yeah and you think you've already got that i know so just just put that back on cars no one's going to beat you up over making a backwards step when the forward one went wrong um yeah. but there you go i'm a miserable old man <laughs> but yeah that's um it's that's launching in the second half of 2024 i believe or either q2 um so that'd be really good when it comes out um, but I'm just, I just, the charging speeds on it look really good. It's similar. That's exactly what we need. 200 kilowatt is, is huge. Um, mm. I think you, you were saying something the other day about charging speeds and efficiency and that sort of thing. That's the next thing we've got. 
um, to talk about actually so yeah I, I wrote a little blog post on it but it just struck me the other day that we're always talking about the range of a vehicle mm -hmm. and what we should actually be talking about is how efficient it is and you you do see that you know you do see people talking about how many um, miles per kilowatt hour yep but that's always way down the list in a conversation about a car number one's always what's its range and i personally would rather have a car with 150 miles of range that can charge to 80 percent in 10 minutes mm -hmm. than one with 500 miles of range that takes six hours to charge to 80 percent yeah um that's an extreme example yeah but um i mean we were talking about that tesla earlier the, the new model three it's got a small battery it's one of the best ranges and it charges really quickly and that's a big thing when it comes to actually living with an ev day in day out and going about all your business in it i mean that's I have press cars most of the time, but mm -hmm. when I don't, I've had, I deliberately didn't book any sort of around Christmas and through to January. And we've just been living with one electric vehicle and we've done a really long trip in it. And it hasn't been a problem because mm. it is quite efficient and yep. it charges quickly. Uh, if we'd have had something else, something that can only charge to a hundred kilowatt, it's not particularly efficient. You know, it's doing under three miles per kilowatt hour it would have been a pain in the backside probably yeah um so i think there needs to be much more focus on that rather than simply putting larger and larger batteries in cars because larger batteries are only going to increase the price where if we can make them more efficient and get battery size down you can have much cheaper new vehicles yeah 100 percent I remember people um, seen some tweets recently about the Mini E, the old, the, the old one. I think that mm -hmm. it gets over four miles per kilowatt hour, maybe four point five. Sometimes people mm -hmm. have had out of that. Um, it's just yeah, it's incredible. Um, that's a good example of a car that has got really, really good efficiency, but not a very big battery. What's um, the charging speed like on that? I don't know off the top of my head, actually. Um, mm. But yeah, I was I I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast before, but I was filming something with the Genesis last year, and I ran into this guy who. Um, had a Mini E, and he was telling me like he did a like a marketing thing with Mini themselves. Like they used they used him as a like a what do they call it like a ex customer example sort of thing. But yep. he's he's driven his Mini from uh, Wales to Edinburgh like in one go before, and it just mm -hmm. wasn't an issue. It's was so efficient and different things. So, um, but yeah, I'm not sure what the charging speed on that is. It's not huge, but it's I think it's pretty good at the same time. So, mm -hmm. but yeah. Speaking of the Mini, actually, when I went to drop off the i5, they had a load of the new Mini electrics in the car park. Like they had oh, the really? John, they had the John Cooper Works one that was uncovered, so I might just have a look through the window and stuff. Uh, it looked like, insane. looks so cool, um, the mm -hmm. electric one. but Which is odd to me, because the, the John Cooper Works was meant to be like a hot hatch, but it's just, looking at specs online, it's just a trim. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I would have expected that to certainly have a bit more performance and probably yeah. a bit less battery range. But yeah, it seems a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, but I guess they think that the standard car's got enough performance as it is. Yeah. I'm not sure whether mm. I'm not sure if they're planning on doing some sort of interesting launch because they had an, they had an original Austin Mini in the car park that was like mint condition. They had the Countryman's. They had also like um, the Bogo Classic Mini Electric, mm -hmm. uh, like the very very basic one that was there. So there's some interesting stuff in that car park. But yeah. <laughs> I've got. I'm going to uh, in a couple of weeks. Got the drive day for the iX2. Yep. 
So okay. that'd be interesting. And the new Mini Countryman. Yep. Um, so we can chat about that in the next episode. Fantastic. Cool. That's that's all good. That link, the link to the uh, efficiency guy that you wrote on your website is in the description down below. Um, and this leads us on to some of the deals we found on AutoTrader. So you found half of these actually. Um, mm-hmm. So the first one we've got uh, you found is a Porsche Taycan 4S. So it looks really really cool. Yeah. So I mean that's new. They start at ninety six, but um, don't they start? Don't, they're one hundred twenty grand, aren't they? Are they? I was making a reference to the the MacMaster guy. It's like always oh, posting his car costs hundred twenty grand. Don't do that. Right, this is the thing. Right, so a base spec Porsche price, nobody ever pays it because no. uh, you don't get anything in it. And I mean, I heard a stat once, which was on average people put something like thirty eight grand's worth of options on a Porsche. Something wow. insane. Um, and I personally know someone that's put over forty on one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and reg- regularly does. He has a couple of cars a year from them and regularly puts that kind of money in optional extras on them. Um, and there are versions of this car going around, no doubt, that people have spent mm-hmm. 140 grand on. Yep. Um, this one is a 2020 car. That's right, yep. Uh, with claim range 288 miles, 44,000 miles on it, uh, 46, 47,000 pounds. Mm. And I still wouldn't buy one. I'd still lease one. They're not very efficient, I don't think, are they? Not massively. No. 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 So, and if you're um, the aforementioned MacMaster, if you try and charge it to um, 100% from 95% at 50 kilowatt charger, it's going to take quite a long time. Yeah. And then, but then you could make a video being outraged about it, I guess. Yeah, you should, you should try that. Mm. Yeah, I should. Um, that's that's a massive. That's like half price basically, but yeah, mm. really really good. Yeah, well, poss- possibly third of the price. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. quite quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one was the Polestar Two Long Range, and it's like the performance. I don't know if it's got the performance pack or the pilot pack. Um, pilot let's pack. Bring it says, up. Yeah. Pilot pack. Yeah, and um, I had one of these uh, for a week for review, and still one of my favourite cars i've had let alone an electric car nice it's got a real sort of cockpit feel i would have had one of these instead of the tesla if it had had a bigger boot and if it had the supercharging network um that's how much i like it uh, really really great um 62 is claimed at i think four and a half but it's quicker than that right uh, significantly quicker than that i would say uh and it's just a like really nicely built brilliant brilliant thing so this one's a 2021 oh this one has got a lot of miles on it actually it has, i didn't realize yeah. the mileage was that high but it's 90 93,000 but 19 grand and i'm sure that was over 50 you certainly yeah. around about 50 um but yeah you could get there were lower mileage examples on there to be honest at about 21 uh, 2021 so 2021 car over 50 grand new does everything you could need it to do very very well you know 20 grand yeah and that's why i think when i look at the dacia spring and the price of that and you kind of think well i could get myself a 
you could get a year old quarter for for less you could pay a bit more and get something like this you can get brand new quarteries well. for the you can get brand new quarteries for a 19k now yeah so why would you spend 17 on the Dacia spring the only thing i could think of with that car is that the lease deal is going to be immense yeah yeah possibly although hmm it's going to depreciate a lot yeah, so use that's going to be even, like, even at that price. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm, be interested to see the lease deals actually when they appear. Yeah, well, this brings me on to the next one. I think we mentioned a funky cat last episode, mm-hmm. but there's a there's a there's a 2023 reg, so 73 reg, which is like only the last six months, 500 mm. miles for 19k. It's insane, isn't it? That's brilliant. I just there's quite a few of these for this sort of price, which is it's worrying and also interesting at the same time. But I would guess that's a demonstrator because um, it's at an Isuzu dealership and yep. they've got the same importer. Yeah. So they have. I would imagine that's yeah their demonstrator. Nine under twenty grand. I mean, it's a what was it thirty two grand when about, they came about out? that now? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You got electric windows all around. You got all the. The only thing it's lacking is CarPlay, which is supposed to be coming soon. So, but again, last month you could lease one of those for two hundred quid a month with yep. out of deposit. That deal was insane. Yeah, yeah, and, and still, any way you look at it, it would have been better to do that. Yep. Um, the next one I've got has actually just been sold, actually. But it what what it was was uh, MX it was a Mazda MX thirty, uh, which mm-hmm. is not a very from on paper, not a brilliant electric car, but it's it has now sold. But it, this was uh, just under twelve thousand pounds, range of like one hundred twenty four miles. But it only had like I don't know four thousand miles on it, so it wasn't very many. But I just wonder what you thought about that because I've never really looked at this car before. But it just hasn't got very good range. I don't know if you know much no, about I've, it. No, I've I've never driven one. I don't no. know if I've ever seen one in the flesh. No, I haven't either. Um, but I think the reviews when they came out were were not great if I remember rightly. Yep. Um, and yeah, I've never really taken much interest in them. But no. again, a lot of these cars, that was probably 30 grand or something when it came yeah. out, or maybe even closer to 40. Probably. So you just think, well, I won't bother. But when it's 12 grand, actually, maybe it's making a good argument for itself at 12 grand. Yep. Um, it's like on those lease deal videos that I do when... The Toyota BZ4X was nine hundred pounds a month. Why on earth are you going to spend that? Because the competition at nine hundred quid a month is insane. But yeah. Um, you get an eye pace for that. Yeah. Uh, however, when it's three hundred and fifty quid a month, it's actually not too much more than a Corsa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it becomes, uh, and that's how, how cars live or die at the end of the day is by their price point. Yeah. Um, the last one is an honourable mention uh, because I tweeted out on three days ago it had like 17,000 views on Twitter because uh, a guy I follow Graham he retweeted it as well because he, he posts a lot of um, auto trader deals with EVs which is quite mm-hmm. interesting this was uh, a Honda E for £11,495 it's absolutely wow. ama- amazing I think I, I check a load of deals obviously for the podcast but this is the cheapest I've ever seen a Honda E it had 53,000 miles it was a 2020 reg um, but that sold I think it sold yesterday um, so I'm not sure if the, the tweet helped sell it but I'll, I'll claim fame to that 
You should. <laughs> yeah. Well, 70,000 views. It's had enough eyes in front of it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, that's mm. completely gone now. But that was just amazing, that, that deal. Uh, the cheapest one now is about 15k for a white one. Um, but I thought that was just amazing. Yeah. And it's only going to be a matter of time before they go below 10. But they need to get rid of stock and stuff. So That's, that's a car as well that I could see going up in value. Yeah. Not not in the short term, but in the medium to long term. Um, you're thinking, God knows how much one of those would be worth in 30 years if you had it. Yep. And, and, and sat on it because, A, it was the first. It was a really cool, quirky design. Yep. And they are the kind of things that become sort of sort of cult heroes, aren't they? Yeah. Dis- despite its range, that's one of my favourite cars I've driven ever, I think. Yeah, I I loved it. I only had one for a day, yeah. But I completely loved it. Yeah, as I said, I think I said on the on the podcast, I lived with I lived with lived with it for a week, did a thousand miles in one week um, when I had it. Um, mm-hmm. But just yeah, every time I stop and think about cars, that always comes back to my memory. So mm. yeah, <laughs> try and buy one at some point. But life goals. It is. It is honestly, it's a life goal to mm. own one of those one day. So you will. I will. Uh, got the lightning round now, so some quick fire, hot, hot topic news now. Um, the first one is a new van because vans are sexy, aren't they? So they are. Got the, yeah. <laughs> got the Renault Master E Tech. I thought this had a really, really good range on its um, the headliner for it because the the most e, most EV vans this sort of size don't have great range. I think about two hundred miles. Mm. The only one I know about is the E Transit Custom, which isn't even on sale yet. Um, yeah. But this is. This looks awesome. It looks quite cool as well. So it's the Master E Tech, um, two hundred eighty-five miles of range. It's also going to have quite good charging speeds. I know that um, Stellantis have made a big effort to compete with Ford recently, and they've improved a lot of the specs on their vans. Um, mm. This is going to have an eighty-seven kilowatt hour battery pack, which is quite big, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, and one hundred and thirty kilowatt charging, which is I've not seen a. A EV that charges that quick, EV van that charges that quick recently, so that's really cool. Yeah, that looks quite interesting, actually, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I get, the thing that I think should always be mentioned, like with with vans, they yep. always give you the range, but obviously that's the range if it's empty and it's yes. still WLTP, and we can all pick floors in WLTP until the cows come home. Yeah. Um, but I think they should have to give you a a range with the van at its maximum payload as well or with a ton on board or something mm. just to give people an idea because there are lots of people at the moment that could run an ev van but they know the range is rubbish and then they consider actually once i get uh, all my tools and everything in or it's loaded to the roof with parcels or whatever it may be what am i going to get from it then mm. that'd so, be a good um, test yeah yeah, it, I don't know. I think the whole WLTP thing needs a bit of revision, but um, certainly on vans, it seems daft to give you a range when they're empty because whatever you're using for it for, you probably don't want it to be empty. No. Um, what would make me choose the E-Transit Custom over this one is the payload. So the E-Transit Custom, the diesel and the electric ones have the same payload. It's like mm. over two tonnes or something. Whereas this one says it's got 1.6... Uh, so 1,625 kilos payload. The diesel one's got 2,396, so that's not great. Um, but I, I guess it would fit a few needs. And the one I can imagine would be the Royal Mail. Um, they've got mm-hmm. a load of old Vauxhalls near me. 
um, yep. electric vans. That's all they have. Um, I can imagine this would be quite good for them in terms mm. of range. So it'd be quite good. Um, but yeah, I think I think Ford are probably a little bit ahead in terms of their payload and their um, mm-hmm. the tech they've got on theirs. But that's pretty cool though. Just to go off on a tangent, have you yeah. heard about Ford F-150s as well, F-150 Lightnings? I've seen some murmurings on Twitter about they're sat unsold or something. Is that what yeah, you're yeah. yeah, I've seen lots of that, but I also saw a, a TikTok the other day with some guy claiming that you could buy a new one from the United States for six grand, what? get it imported to the UK for, for basically 10 all in. Um which seems like absolute nonsense. So let's say it is absolute nonsense. Okay. But with every bit of nonsense, there's usually like a crumb of truth. So it it may be that you can get one extremely cheap and import it into the UK. Um, hmm. So if anyone is in the market for an electric pickup and they think, well, at the moment I can only get that Maxis thing, uh, maybe consider that. Obviously, it means having a left-hand drive vehicle in the uk but yeah who knows yeah i've seen if you go on auto trade i've seen i've seen one hummer for sale the ev hummer thing mm-hmm. in this country for like over 100k and i've seen one lightning for sale for over 100k again so oh, really I, I think it's been imported by that uh i can't remember the name of it there's a company down in london which imports broncos and stuff oh um, yeah but yeah they think i think they've imported but that, that'd be incredible i don't know why there's so many unsold i don't know what the problem is there but no, apparently um, the like the Americans are sort of boycotting it because they okay. say it's it's actually not fit for purpose in terms of how much load it can lug in hooking okay. up a trailer and all that. I, I mean, loads they just use them as cars over there, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, but you you do see loads with like a trailer on the back and they're towing another one or something, and okay, um, obviously probably the average engine size on a pickup in America is about a six litre. Um, I mean, some some of them are absolutely ridiculous. I saw one um, at the LA Auto Show. It was like an F550 maybe mm. with something like... Looks like a lorry, doesn't it? Yeah, was it like an 11 litre diesel in it or something? It was some astronomical anyway. And also Americans do like obviously buying a new vehicle and then um, sticking a different engine in it and all that kind of stuff and you can't really do that with an electric one so it's probably missing out on the enthusiasts and missing out on those that use them to tow ginormous vehicles and pieces of equipment and things mm. um but i think they look absolutely awesome well they look and normal that's the that's the thing they look like a normal truck and so you've that's... got that huge frunk which yep. is something that obviously party box I most call it yeah 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 but i mean most most pickups um, if you did want to go and if you wanted to keep things sort of locked up, if you had tools or shopping or luggage or whatever that you wanted to lock up, it's quite difficult with an open back. Um, mm. Even the top boxes are not fantastic, are they? No. Where with that front, you've got essentially a massive boot. Yeah, it's huge. I think you can. I think mm. you can fit inside it. I've seen, I've seen yeah. someone lie down in it. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Fantastic. Uh, next one is Shell. Despite all the sort of hopeful people that seem to think hydrogen is going to actually get anywhere, um, Shell have said they're going to um, they've shut down all of their fuel stations essentially for hydrogen stations in California with immediate mm-hmm. effect. This was earlier this month. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I, I, 
I guess there's not much to to say when that happens. <laughs> there's, there, we haven't really got many left here either. So they've they've scrapped plans for new 48 sites. So they had 48 sites previously announced, and they just said we're not going to build those now. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any market for it. So I think no, aside from various types of sort of grand scale transport or industrial use, I just don't I, I just don't see a future for it in cars. But yeah, I could be wrong. Obviously, just because of the inefficiency, that's all. Yeah, that's the main. Yeah. Like the 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 speed of which you can fill it up is quite appealing. I think that's why it's appealing. Yeah. but it's just not efficient. So that's the thing that you know. If you ask the man in the pub, well, do you think electric cars are the future? And they'll say no, it's hydrogen, and they're only thinking about the speed of filling it up. But it costs so much more to make it because you need to use a load of electricity to make it. And then, of course, you've got to transport it, which you don't really need to do with electricity. No. Oh, well. And, um, and, then, you, and then you basically need a, a conversion station in the car because yeah. it all ends up going lost into the electric motor. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I mentioned this before. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Like I think I said to you the other day, we, I was watching some old fully charged episodes from like 2010. And the the cars, if you look at them today with a sort of a holistic view, they're, they're crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now we're only like, what are we, 13, 14 years later, it's like it's, they've, they've gone their way to being really good. Um, and another another 10 years, I can't even begin to imagine what it's all going to be like in 10 years. Mm. So Yeah, I mean, come... we were talking about cars with under 100 miles of range for, you know, silly amounts of money back then. Mm. And the the thing that gets me as well is the the physical space a battery takes up. I think back then, I think Robert Llewellyn had a Nissan Leaf, and it had a thirty something kilowatt hour battery pack. And he recently upgraded it. He took it to Amsterdam or something. They upgraded it, and in exactly the same space, it's now like double or triple the size of capacity mm -hmm. in the in the same weight, yep. the same space. Like that's only like ten years later. So it's just it's gonna be amazing to see what happens in ten years. So. Yeah, and probably, obviously, when things start to develop, the rate of development speeds up as well, doesn't it? So that next 10-year jump might yep. only take three years. Yeah, because there's more if people doing it. Yeah. That makes any sense. That makes sense, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the look of this next car. So this is the Hyundai Casper. Um, this was, I think Top Gear did a piece in the magazine or the web or their YouTube channel about this little car that was on sale in South Korea. Um, and they are sorry, uh, yeah, South Korea. Um, they're now going to bring the electric version to Europe. So they're developing it um, for the European market. And I'm not sure how big it's supposed to be, but it looks so cool. Mm. <laughs> um, it does I, look really cool. I really hope they bring it here. So it'd be really good. Um, they say it's an EC3 rival, don't they? Yeah. Um, well, it says it also competes competing with the Dacia Spring, which okay. I don't know. It looks mm. more. It looks bigger than both of those, to be honest. But yeah, it's three point six um, meters short. It says, <laughs> um, it's <laughs> being sold as a combustion version in South Korea, um, but there's no planned. Uh, so there's no revealed date for it. But um, they said they're going to launch it in the market in France for the end of this year, apparently. So mm -hmm. I hope they bring it to the UK. I really hope they do because it looks so cool. And if it's Hyundai. That group, as we mentioned before, the Hyundai Kia Group Genesis, they are one of the leaders in EVs, 
um, yeah. in terms of their technology deficiency and sort of things. So if this is going to borrow even more sort of that technology, it should be quite good, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. And then the next one, we, we mentioned it just a minute ago. It's the Rivian R2. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure what's going on with Rivian at the moment. Apparently, there's some weird stock, uh, like price, the stock market's fallen for it, but not sure what's going on. But the we saw Rivian last year at the fully charged show, uh, the R1T, yep. uh, but they're going to bring the R2 electric SUV to the UK, uh, and it should rival the Model Y, apparently, so a similar sort of size to your vehicle, but mm-hmm. that should be really good. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. On the stock front, I, I invested about 200 quid in Rivian. Okay. Um a couple of years ago and i think it's worth about six now okay so yeah i I don't think they're doing incredibly well financially no it's so difficult though isn't it when these new companies come to market Mm. and you know you're going to develop and build an electric vehicle and you're a new company i mean it's all borrowed money you can't possibly do it without going and raising however many different rounds of funding Mm mm-hmm and they're just diluting the value every, every time, really. Right. And unless you get massive, massive sales, I don't, don't see how these businesses can do anything but struggle. Tesla mm. were different because um, it was the it was the first one to do it, and in the way they did it, and everything else. But I think it's really tough for companies like Rivian coming to market. Mm. Um, but we shall see. Uh, I, Again, they've done so much and established a brand that surely it's going to be attractive for someone to come along and buy if if push comes to shove. Yeah, I think Amazon owns a section of it. I think Ford owns some of it as well. So yeah, be interesting to see what happens. But we should know more information on the 7th of March about this new SUV. Should be quite cool. Cool. Uh, another company coming to the UK is, I think we saw this one at the Fully Charged Show as well. It's the Microlino. It's like a little tiny like bubble car thing, like the Izetta. BMW Isetta thing. Yeah, that's um, going to be at Geneva as well, actually. Oh, sweet. That'd be quite cool. Hmm. They said yeah, they're going to aim... It's crazy, for... isn't it? Because, yeah, you, you sort of go in via the front, like yeah, you yeah. did with the BMW Isetta. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're going to aim for 300 deliveries by the end of this year. Um, but I think it looks really cool. Um, mm. looks quite futuristic, and I'm not sure it will go, I'm not sure if it will go the same way as the AMI. If they're targeting 300 deliveries, it's obviously not many. Um, no. but I haven't seen I've only seen one AMI in person that was around your neck of the woods um, but I haven't seen ever one in person was it, since was then, it in so. my street? it was yeah That that's the <clears throat> I told you that guy's got a Porsche 911 Turbo S and a Citroen AMI and <laughs> I only ever see him driving the AMI <laughs> yeah makes sense yeah yeah as I said I've only seen one in person so I, this will obviously be city use um but yeah. yeah, looks quite cool. Very small batteries. Hundred. This is really what it says. One hundred and forty-two miles of range from a five point five, ten point five, or fifteen kilowatt battery pack. It must be down mm. to its down to its weight. The fact it can be that efficient. So. Yeah, I mean, I know it's officially <clears throat> two seats, but watching a couple of videos on it, it looks like it's more one and a half, really. Yeah. And there is literally nothing to it, is there? <laughs> no. No. It should be quite interesting. Um, very quickly, the next one is the Cupra Born VZ. It's like a hot hatch version of the Cupra Born. So obviously the Cupra Born is based on the ID3, um, and Cupra being that sporty brand version of Seat, they've obviously launched a new hot hatch version. 
hopefully this will be what the ID3 GTI will be if they ever launch that. Um, this this looks quite good. It says uh, 322 brake horsepower, not 60 of 5.7 seconds, quickest car um, based on the Volkswagen Group uh, platform. It says top speed of 124 and official range of 335 miles. There's someone I follow on Twitter, I can't remember his name, but he's got a Bourne um, and he seems quite impressed with it. So I've never, never really driven one before, but um, it seems quite good. I imagine it's just the same as an ID3, really, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not much to say about that, but got some nice bucket seats and stuff, so. Yep. <laughs> um. And then the Dacia Spring as well. So yeah, we touched on this in the episode a few minutes ago. This was revealed this week. Um, I thought Johnny Smith's video was fantastic about the new car. Yeah. Um, I think whenever a new car is launched and he's at the launch event, I'll go and watch that straight away because it's just enjoyable to watch. <laughs> um, no price information on the new Spring yet, but I think it looks quite good in terms of its design and the interior. The old Spring, but the one that was in France, looked a bit meh in terms of its design, but... This one looks quite good, but as you mentioned as well, that the specs don't... It's compromised in certain ways, isn't it? Um, like the charging speed and different things, but I think, yeah, not too sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not too sure yet. It'd be good to go and have a poke around in, in one at Geneva mm. and and see, you know, if there's a bit more to it. But, um, yeah, I, I was a little bit kind of underwhelmed. But, yeah, Johnny's video was amazing, and... Yep. Um, I I love Johnny. I think he's yes, fantastic yeah. at what he does, and a lot of his videos I watch for him really, uh, yeah. rather than you know because he's that good. Um, yeah, yeah. And he's just done a podcast which is really worth listening to. It's the Road to Success podcast. That's correct. Yeah, I need to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well well worth a look. Yeah, that lad who does that, he's got a van. Yeah, a podcast it looks van. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it. I thought the way he asked questions... I've watched his Auto Alex episode before. I thought the way he asked questions, it's sort of like, oh, that's that's how you do podcasts. <laughs> like, that's how you ask those sort of questions. <laughs> I know, and he's, like, not, he's not always asking the obvious questions. He's, no, he's, he's asking very quite good, difficult actually. questions. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. good. You need to try and get him on yours. Yeah, be quite good. Um, just some very quick headlining specs about the spring. It says it weighs under a tonne, which is incredible for an EV. Uh, 26.8 kilowatt battery pack, range of 137 miles. I don't think there's a heat pump, so I'm not sure how it's going to fare up in the winter. But the the thing that makes this a city car is its charging speed. So it takes 11 kilowatt AC and then up to 30 kilowatts DC um, for the public chargers. But as you've proven, the guy a guy who has an EV with quite good range, um, the amount of time you charge it up, in public charges is quite small and I imagine if you don't take the spring outside of cities and stuff or the local area I think you'll be fine um, yeah it's more of a second car so that's how Dacia sell it as well they sell it as a second car so sweet um, the very very last thing um, I think me and you are quite fond of Genesis and I'm glad they're mm. concentrating on the UK a bit more um, It's there's this piece of motor car it says Genesis taps 90% of the UK market with expanded dealer network so it says they've appointed six retail partners as it looks to boost UK sales because um, currently they've only got those three sort of boutique like luxury yeah. watch stores, essentially. That's what they like. <laughs> Remind me of watch stores. Um, there's one in Scotland, mm. one in London, there's one somewhere else. But I'm glad that they are expanding their 
um, retail footprint. It says here they've only sold 3,000 cars since 2021, which isn't huge. That's quite a while ago mm. now, so, yeah. It's a real shame. I, I, I would love um, to stand at the doors of every Mercedes dealership and every BMW dealership and every Audi dealership yep. and say to the people that are going in there, uh, especially if they're going to look at sort of the the more kind of luxurious end of those brands. Yep. Um, I'd just love to say to them, please just go and test drive Genesis as well. Yeah. And they might still go back and buy the other one because they're more familiar with the badge and they feel like it's got a bit more prestige to it or something. Yep. But they are such, such good cars and they really do compete with some of the best things out there in the market. Yeah. And we were talking about software and cars earlier. The Genesis mm. vehicles, the software is probably the the, the absolute best I've ever seen on a, on a vehicle. Um, in terms of its usability, the speed and the, the way it all works is great. Um, and that, that whole... You know the 800 volt charging oh, God, yeah. capability and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's ahead of the game against quite a lot of the more established brands. Oh, I 100% agree. Um, we've gone quite long on this episode. We're already at an hour and 15, so we're going to call it a day there. Um, thanks for listening or watching this episode of the Charging Status Podcast. You can find us on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For a full description of this show, visit the episode link in the show notes. Thanks again, Jim, for joining me on this show. Where can people find you online? Uh, go to my website, notaguru.co.uk. I'm on Instagram at notaguru.jim and I'm on the artist formerly known as Twitter at notaguru3. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I sometimes call it X, but I feel a bit weird calling it that. So. I, I'm going to call it Twitter forever. I'm, that's going to be the hill that I'm going to die on. <laughs> uh, you can find The Interface at theinterface.uk. Links are in the show notes. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.